Have you ever done a Pokemon Nuzlocke run, like the hardcore permadeath run? No, but when you watch them on YouTube, they make it look so easy. Justin, that's my point. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, so I've been watching this guy on YouTube, and uh, his YouTube channel is called Flygon HG, and he does the craziest Pokemon Nuzlocke runs. And he, so first of all, like, I have a hard time watching a lot of Nuzlocke's because sometimes when like someone just posts like here's my playlist of 30 videos, it's like, okay, I don't I don't need to see all that going on. But if you can condense it, if you can condense it, make it entertaining. This guy is like first of all very soft spoken, and so he streams all of his his runs on Twitch and then makes videos like here's exactly what I did, here's why I did it, here are the move sets that I needed to learn. Um, so first of all, he does just nuzlocke runs but he decided mm, too easy i'm gonna do nuzlocke's of all fairy type pokemon or i'm gonna do nuzlocke's of all fire type pokemon and the game that he chose to do all fire type pokemon there are two fire pokemon in mm, mm. so he does it with a ponyta and a chimchar mm. okay. um, and i don't mean to spoil it he gets to the last he loses to the last oh no yeah and he talks about like technically like this is like this was the percentage chance of like this all happening to me and like yeah you can look at that one way and say like that it's ludicrous that that would happen but like you also have to look at like all the other times when i got super lucky and all this sort of stuff but he's insane and the point of the story is i have recently been like i should try one of these nose runs huh i got i've got a little bit of pokemon knowledge in this noggin here uh and i think i should not because I tried to do one once. I remembered. I tried to do a Nuzlocke run of Pokemon. Uh, so it was Omega Ruby and something Sapphire. What do you remember? Uh, uh, the the other one. Sapphire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super <laughs> Sapphire. Uh, I played it for about two hours. I wiped. And I got so mad that I had to st- be done for the day. Like I had to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> because I was so angry. Um, yeah. Where where does the Nuzlocke name come from? Like, what what does that mean? Um, I don't. Was it like John actually. Nuzlocke was the first one who decided Pokemon was too easy? Um, I don't know. Name origin, Pokemon, Nuzlocke, name origin. Um, oh, you're actually not that far off. Nice. The name of the run, the Nuzlocke run, is derived from the character Ruby's first caught Pokemon, C-Dot, Nuzleaf. And the character John Locke from Lost. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And then so over time, players have added their own twists. And yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah I've, so I, I've watched a whole run about someone beating Pokemon Red and Blue with only Ditto. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. And like it got like crazy because at a certain point, like you have to once you transform in the match, that's your that's what you got. Yeah. <laughs> and you're kind of stuck with that. It, like it's crazy I, it is it is oh sorry if you don't know pokemon nuzlocke whoops uh it's a it's a type of way of playing pokemon where if your pokemon faints it's dead and you cannot use it anymore and if you lose all of your pokemon you you lose forever uh, and then there's like other restrictions and stuff but it, i, I want to do one but i don't uh, but here's the thing i want to do one yeah but i have to win it the first time <laughs> and or... if i don't if I don't, what, I may never recover. Happen? I may never recover. Uh, I, I, I may, I simply may never recover. But yeah, I, um, I think they're neat. And if you can do one, listener, let us know because that's hella impressive. 
Yeah, I am uh, and you just got a lot of knowledge of that, those Pokemon uh, critical rates and all that other kind of stuff going yeah. on there. And like like strategy and stuff. Like there are the guy is using moves that I when I play Pokemon games, I'm like, well, forget that move. <laughs> like, oh, we're learning, <laughs> we're unlearning that one. But yeah, it's um. It's, well, it's I, pretty crazy, yeah. I think, too, like, if, if uh, the way I play Pokemon, I, I never played it competitively, but, like, if you look and watch, like, competitive Pokemon, mm-hmm. and, like, you watch, like, the world championships of it, they play, that's a completely different game than what yeah. I play. <laughs> yeah. I get stressed out, too, now that the, like, now Pokemon games will let you know about, like, so there's, like, hidden stats of your Pokemon, your IVs and EVs and other stuff that, like, doesn't really matter for casual play, but like if you are doing it competitively, like matter a lot. Um, but now like you get to a certain point and like you get an item that tells you these like hidden stats for your Pokemon. And then it's always that my Pokemon are garbage and just like, and it makes me so sad. It's like, I don't want to know this. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. me that. So, so the, the Scyther you spent the whole game with is just worthless. You it, should throw it, it away. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Not even good for breeding. Just get it out of there. Right. Like you might as well just use, you know, use a Caterpie over this damn Scyther. Yeah, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's Hitbox. What's in the fucking box? Welcome back, dear listener, to Hitbox episode number 59. Ooh, that's almost 60 of them. Yeah, that's and, that's. And that's if you think lot. about all the other bonus episodes that we've done and the lost episode, um, mm, then yeah. then uh, we're we're getting we're starting to get up there. But anyway, my name is Peter Hunt Spitek and joining me as always is my wonderful co-host, Justin Makovich. How are you? Justin. I think I'm getting old. It happens to the best of us. In fact, it happens to all of us. Time is a fleeting thing. We are holding the stories of our lives in our hands and it's and we're trying to write it on running water. That, wow, that's deep. Actually, that <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a, a Ghost of Tsushima uh, uh, like haiku you got to yeah. put together. But I feel like I'm getting old because now I have to like think about how I sit at my desk. Mm. Because if I cross my legs just the wrong way, my whole leg goes to sleep. Oh, no. So like today, literally, I like got up and I felt like I was like melting and my I couldn't feel my foot and I tried to kick it out and I was like I tripped everywhere. Um, and I think I I actually like tweaked my ankle a little bit because oh, I went no. for a run afterwards. Oh, and I started running and all of a sudden I felt like just this like <laughs> searing pain in my ankle for a little bit. Um, so uh, I've, I've, I've officially crossed the point where I can't just sit and relax anymore. I have to think about how I sit. Oh, no. Relax. Are you OK? Like ankle wise? Are you OK? Leg wise? Oh, I'm I'm sure I'll survive. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's if you ever I <laughs> if you ever like have your leg like fall asleep and you just can't feel it. It's one of the most like surreal experiences of your life. Yeah, I mean, your whole life flashes. You're, you cannot remember a time when your leg didn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> it might be for 10 minutes. And it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm never going to get old. I'm going to be 19 forever. Um, cool. Yeah, cool. No, no, that's um, a lie. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a lot going on this episode. We're going to be talking about Deathloop. We're going to be looking at the Metacritic roundup for some, some titles coming in the future. Uh, THQ Nordic 
uh, had a game showcase. Quantum Dream, uh, excuse me, Quantic Dream might be making a Star Wars game. And there's a lot going on with the Nintendo Switch, maybe. But we're going to get to all of that later. Before we do, I, Justin, would love to hear about the games that you've been playing this week. So, have you heard of the game Pokemon Snap? I have. Um, I tried to do a Nuzlocke of it and <laughs> failed right away. Could not catch a single one of these damn monsters. Yeah, <laughs> did you fail or did you just succeed? Because you can't fail at something you can't start. Wow. Now who's the haiku man? Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, Go on. But I, uh, I played through uh, the new Pokemon Snap this year. Yeah. And I liked it. It was fine. Um, I, th- I feel like part of the thing that really made me not like that game uh, was the arbitrary rating system that sometimes your photos would get. Like, you get a really cool picture, and it would just be like, yeah, that's like a one-star photo. Yeah. Um, and also, at a certain point, if you're trying to, like, 100% the game, you have to, like, go through a whole map and like, which can be like anywhere from like a minute to like two and a half minutes, which isn't that long. But you have to go through a whole map to get to like one part of it to do something. So it wasn't like the most like fun to replay over again. And I think the puzzles themselves just come down to throwing something at a Pokemon or making a Pokemon glow. Like that's what the puzzles are. So it's kind of like a little basic. Yeah. However, there's another picture taken game that just came out that I highly recommend four times more than the new Pokemon Snap. Ah. And that is the game Toem. Have you heard or seen Toem before? Yes, yeah, so I've heard of this game. I saw it at E3 during the Wholesome Direct. And I confuse it a lot with Chicory. Chicory? Chica- yeah, yeah, Chicory. A Colorful Tale, which I've not started, but uh, I want to play at some point. Yeah, that I'm, I will be playing Chicory before the end of the year. It is downloaded on my PS5, and I will play it at some point. Okay, um, okay, okay. But yes, Toem Toem is a very different game than Chicory because it is, um, you know, it's like that third person kind of moving around like isometric game when you're walking around. But you can control the entire map and you can move the camera around all any way you want. And uh, basically at any point you can press the X button or Y button, press one of the buttons on your controller Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you go into a first person camera mode. And what's really cool is that the game is basically kind of done in like this cool 2D, almost 3D art style. So it looks like everything is 2D, but because you can go in the 3D world, they kind of like like follow you around when you go into take pictures and stuff mm-hmm. in like a pretty cool way. It's just an interesting art style. And the reason you get confused probably with Chicory is because Chicory is all about adding color to the world. Yeah. Um, and Toem, it's like a, a completely black and white world right. that you're in. Um. And you're just going around, and your whole goal is to climb this mountain. You're leaving home to climb a mountain. Very similar almost to uh, Celeste and Celeste's like point or a yeah, short yeah. hike, kind of in the short hike point of just getting to the top of the mountain. And in order to get on a bus, you need a bus stamp. And to sure. get a bus stamp, you basically have to go around and complete tasks and take pictures for people, that specific pictures for people that they want. Um, and they're, it's very puzzly with what these are. So like one of them will be like, there'll be like a, like a boy scout out there that'll be like, Hey, um, I need a picture of some army men. Can you get that picture of some army men marching? And you're like, uh, okay. And then you go around the whole map and it's like, there's nothing. Um, but then you see a bunch of ants and you're like, I wonder if taking a picture of these ants will in fact be be what they want. And guess what it was? So it's just like you're basically going through 
four and a half worlds. I say four and a half because the first world you're in is like barely anything. Mm -hmm. But basically four worlds in which you go around and you have to complete tasks for people, take certain pictures and solve little puzzles that are sometimes pretty kind of, I wouldn't say hard, Mm -hmm. um, but like they make you think a little bit and they're not like obtuse thinking. It's not like uh, one of those old like Tim Schafer games when you have to like put the hair in the cup of coffee and make the dog drink it or something like that. Um, But like... You got to like just walk around and like do all these little tasks. And it's pretty cool because they also use the the 2D, 3D um, uh, perspectives to like sometimes hide objects in a place that you normally wouldn't be able to see unless you're in first person mode. Um, And then it's like there's maybe a little something under a staircase. So they do a really good job of of making a bunch of creative um, perspective kind of puzzles that you have to deal with. Uh, and I gotta say the game is pretty short. Uh, I think I spent, I think the game is like $24. Okay. Let me actually check to impress. Where did you play this? I played it on the switch, but I think it's on, uh, yeah. Okay. So it's 20 bucks, but I got it, um, as a pre-order bonus. It was like, uh, 17 bucks. Okay. So it's $20. Um, <clears throat> I played it on the Switch, but you can get it on most other things. And I gotta, I gotta say, I beat it in four and a half hours, okay. and I 100% completed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little mad that I didn't do it on the, on the PlayStation 5 yeah. to get a that, platinum, that platinum because it would have actually been a really enjoyable platinum because a lot of the stuff that you had to do to get that 100% um, uh, was like actually pretty fun like finding where like you also have like like pokemon snap there's like animals everywhere that you have to take a picture of Mm -hmm. and you take pictures of them and you like catalog them um and you had to like some of them were like in like really like creative position like places that you had to like explore um and then all of the the little puzzles that you had to do it just never got repetitive or boring and by the time when i think it would have started to get pretty repetitive is when you beat the game um and uh I don't know. I cannot recommend this game enough uh, to play. It was just a fun little puzzle game. If you're someone who likes the the, the picture taken, uh, the, the, if the idea of Pokemon Snap interests you, um, I think this game would definitely interest you as well. Plus, it's just, like so funny and cute. Um, like one of the one of the puzzles was basically um, there was a uh, like a uh, factory worker um, that was standing near the edge of uh, of a uh, like a little like a platform it was like a water generator so he was standing on the platform like looking over some water and one of your quests was you have to make make someone take a bath so you go up to the guy and then you basically pull out your camera and you honk a horn because you get an upgrade that allows you like honk a horn (laughs) and you scare him off of the of of the platform into the water and then eventually he like floats outside and was like oh i feel so relaxed right now (laughs) and it's just like like so so like like simple but cute and fun and um, I really enjoyed it. It's a it's a very good vibe. I think if anything, I just wish there was a little bit more of it. Um, but uh, I mean, for the seventeen dollars and the four hours I got of it, I think it was really worth it. So awesome. I highly recommend it. Uh, so better than the medium? Oh yeah, easily. Okay, cool, cool. Got yeah. Glad. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> put that on the box art. Tell them. <laughs> and it's like such a cool, unique like art style, like one that you haven't like I haven't seen before. Sure. And just even how you interact with the world like that, um, going from the 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 third person to first person, not even third person, the isometric to the first person was just a really unique way to kind of explore the world. 
Um, and you get a bunch of cool like little outfits to put on, like diving helmets and pirate hats and uh, dirty socks and things like that. So, you know, pretty, pretty fun little creative game. Dang. Well, that sounds quite fun. I may check that out. I'll let you know. Uh, yeah, Justin, if I do check it out, you'll hear about it, I'm sure. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, so I'm still playing Life is Strange True Colors. I'm at the end of episode three. Might as well have just called this one True Colors. They're going to do a LARP. Are you familiar <laughs> with LARPing, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. yeah li- li- live, live action, action role play. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not here to knock any LARPers. Like, it seems like fun. I'm I'm a fan of like Dungeons and Dragons and other s- types of role playing games. Um the lar- oh man. Uh so they like in the first two chapters of this game really talk up the fact that they're going to larp that they're doing a larp for this kid and like the all of episode 3 is you larp. Is completely- that's not the last episode, is it? No, there's two more. Cool. Um completely unrelated to the rest of what happened in the game. Like 100% unrelated, not tied to the events. Some events regarding the overarching story happened at the beginning of the episode and then the last like two minutes at the end. Um, yeah, I don't. We're playing this game and we're having fun playing it, but for the wrong reasons still. I, yeah. I mean, like everything I said last week still holds up, but like I cannot like emphasize enough you LARP for way too long way too long and it does that thing it's it's cute where it turns into a turn-based combat like turn-based rpg essentially where you are a bard and you've got your guitar and you can buff the little kids attacks and then like the whole town kind of gets in on it and it's cute but like again way too long (laughs) (laughs) um um there's actually a part in the first life is strange game where you have to like memorize lines and okay. it's actually kind of cool because how they do it, they like you. You can like you have all the time before the actual play starts to like re look at the script and like try to memorize it. Mm-hmm. And then when you're actually doing the lines, you have to remember the right ones. Yeah. Like there's a couple of like options that you have to pick the right ones from. So it's kind of like a cool way to do something like a little memory game. Obviously, though, you can cheat by just taking a picture of it and yeah. then reading it when you get back to that point. But I mean, there's some like cool opportunities to do that, but. I, I think if it's a whole episode, that's a very different case than if it's something that is, uh, you know, just a little like side thing. I mean, it would be like if I'm remembering correctly, the first life is strange. There's like a murderer going on. There's you're like trying to solve a murder, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it like would be ser- like if the middle killer. episode of this murder drama was entirely devoted to the play. Mm. Like if it was just all about the play. Yeah. Like. Yeah, uh, whatever, man. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just watched uh, Ted Lasso this week, okay. uh, the last episode of it, and I'm not awesome show, up. by the way. Okay, y- you're caught up. I am not caught up. I've oh, only, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil it, but okay. they had like basically when they bought the second season, they bought ten episodes to start. Mm-hmm. But then with how successful the first season was, they're like, you know what, we're gonna do two more episodes. No fun. So they basically already had the ten story arc written. So they had like two filler episodes. One was a Christmas episode, which mm-hmm. I enjoyed. And this past one was just like completely just not what not I wanted from Ted Lasso. Oh, really? And it just was like so out of the main story that it was just like an aside that didn't need to be there. Yeah. So I, I'm feeling you after watching that. Yes. And already we were like not loving it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But again, we're going to finish it. I mean, it cost me $60. So we're going to play the damn game. 
Um, but I am. I thought I was gonna really like it. And <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it's just a sixty dollar game. Like, I, isn't that bad that sometimes like you feel like forced to play through something? Well, yeah. I mean, like that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that it is like the performance issues that I'm having with it are like pretty bad. I mean, first of all, we talked about this yeah. last week, but it runs at max thirty frames per second on console, which is like not great. But it, it doesn't. It doesn't hit that. Like if you're moving the camera around, you are like really, really you're stuttering and, and like you have characters T posing and like horrible pop ins ah. and stuff. And yeah, it doesn't matter. But side note did yeah. uh, I talk about um, Walking Dead last week, how Claire's playing it and she had like a, a fatal crash. No. OK, so um, it's you know, it's funny. Like I, I know this isn't by the same developers, but um, I know um, you, you and Elena just finished playing uh, the Walking Dead series, right? Yeah, this is first season. Oh, the first season only. Yes. Okay, because because Claire was doing the same thing, so she uh, did the first one, did the second one, and she started the new frontier. Yeah, one. So she got through chapter one and then chapter two, but at the end of chapter two, before it goes to chapter three, it keeps hard crashing on her. Oh no! Like it, and it doesn't like save the choices. So then she went to like try like the the third episode, and it's like, well, you can't save any of your choices over. It'll randomly select oh. all the stuff. So she's done it probably like five to seven times of just like trying to do it. She's tried to like uninstall it, just do everything that like any form has said. But it's to the point where it's been like two weeks and she just hasn't been playing it because it's just like she doesn't want to do the 15 minute lead up to the end of chapter two. Right. Yeah. And some people online were just like, you just have to keep trying it. 15th time's the charm. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, That's unfortunate. Yeah, that can really ruin the ruin a game like that. So yeah, and those games already have had pretty bad technical issues. I mean, mm-hmm. like they are mm-hmm. already not held together with spit and dreams. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's life is strange. True colors. This one, they're doing a LARP. Uh, Justin, you have written here a mystery game, and I'm dying to know what uh, what other game you've been playing. You knew about this game. You know what this game is. This is your probably game of the year this year. Okay, go on. This is your game of the year, um, and it's not Deathloop. Okay. Are you playing Returnal? Skatebird. You're playing Skatebird? I can't believe (laughs) I missed the release of Skatebird. You missed your game of the year, Peter. Oh, my gosh. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. There's been a lot going on in the old life, and every moment that I'm not dealing with the old life, I've been trying to play Deathloop. Damn, yep. Skatebird. Yes, it's on Game yep. Pass, isn't it? It's on Game Pass. That's why I played it. I have no excuse. I am... Hey, this is the Skatebird. I'm so sorry, truly. Yeah. I... Oh, man. It came out like two days, three days ago, didn't it? Yep. Gosh. Yep. So, okay. Yeah, what's so up? I, I put quite some time into it. Probably like five hours. Um, do you like skateboarding games? No. I mean, like, I, I, enough. Like, I like, I liked playing Tony Hawk when I was a kid and didn't really know that I was doing bad. Right, yeah, yeah. Like that, I like, like the music. I think when I played, yeah, you know, the music is great because I had Tony Hawk One. Like I had that game. That was I think the only one I ever played. Like the original one like, uh-huh. when it came out. I was super excited about it. Did, little did I know, like when that was on the N sixty four. Like N sixty four games are what like seventy bucks back then or whatever. Yeah. So uh, my, I got it for Christmas. I was so excited to play it. I put it in the in the thing. I played it for like. 20 minutes and i was like yo this ain't fun (laughs) (laughs) sure um so i don't understand necessarily why people like skateboarding games Mm -hmm. um so that in mind skatebird is 
a skateboard ass skateboard game. <laughs> I see. Uh, with the one positive that it has one of the most fun character creators I have ever oh. seen in my life. Because <laughs> you get to choose like your different like model of bird, I guess that you can call it. So I'm a I'm a green parakeet that has a top hat, um, <laughs> a uh, like a top like a bow tie scarf thing, okay. um, and 3D glasses. Because why not? Okay. So I look pretty adorable on my little skateboard that I'm going through these things. Um, but like you can you can put all the bird puns you want in there. Uh, there's an Anthony Hawk, like that's literally a hawk that they mention, <laughs> right? This is the kind of game we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and uh, all the bird references aside, it's still a skateboard game, which is 100% frustration on my part to even sure. like play and get through. Um, plus, this is not the cleanest uh game i have ever played sure it's really buggy i often get stuck i've been literally like ragdolled way out the map um, like past the skybox several times um and regardless of the fact that you're a cute little bird it's just so frustrating to control this game and for someone who's played it as much as i have it is just rough sure are you like the physics aren't great are you playing this on pc or on your xbox uh on my xbox okay um, the physics aren't great. Um, like your bird, so like your your Ollie, you have like almost like a double jump because you can flap. Yeah, okay. But it like just doesn't control phys like right, which mm. is very frustrating because you got to do very precise stuff. Um, like there's a lot of different controls in the game, but it just comes down to the fact that not a lot of it is very fun. Got it. So they've done a couple things like in that initial Tony Hawk game, they had like a two minute time limit or each course had a time limit. And I think in later Tony Hawk games, they got rid of that. Um, So there's no time limit on the course, which is good. But there are little missions inside each course that you do that you'll have like anywhere from it's a random. I don't know where they decide the timer for this, but it's anywhere from like 100 seconds to 250 seconds to like do something. Okay. Um. And some of them like are frustrating enough that you you play it multiple times and you and you and you fail multiple times uh, to do to do one of the tasks. But all the tasks are pretty simple. From like you got to grind uh, around this area to score a certain amount to collect all the letters or to do a couple of like various little things to like move the story forward. Um, and they do some things to make it fun because the courses are actually quite explorable in terms of like different levels and like different areas to go and some of the areas are very hard to get to but they have like this thing where if you press i believe if you press up on the directional pad you can set a a a spawn point so if you die or fall off your your uh skateboard you can automatically like spawn back there or if you're doing a mission and you're the timer's going on you spawn back to where the mission came from sure so they do a couple of like quality of life things but ultimately if it doesn't control great and I feel like sometimes I'm just like like riding my skateboard like normal and I do an ollie and I just fall over for no reason. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I just like a little frustrating stuff with that. Um, it's just, you know, it, I think there are better skateboard games out there if you're into this. However, yeah. it's on Game Pass. And this is where I don't understand Game Pass. Because this game is on Game Pass. Okay. And I played it. And that's made me not want to ever play it, play it again. Like, I wouldn't have played it <laughs> sure. otherwise, but it's, like, such a bad, like, job of, like, selling a game for me. And, like, looking at, like, what this game has scored, I mean, I think uh, it's, uh, it's it's hitting uh, 
uh, 57 to a 65 on Metacritic, oh. depending on the platform. So it's not great. And it's not just me who's saying this. So I'm not like being crazy. Here. Oh, no. Skateboard. Um, but the one fun thing is that the whole story is based on the fact that you're trying to help a human who's not having a good life. Um, like you first have to in the first level, the, the subtext is like you have to fix his house. Like you have to help him make his bed by setting balloons up on a uh, on his bed and like use static electricity to make the balloons fly so you can like set up, uh, make his bed like like make okay. his bed for him. And just do like various like cleanup stuff. And eventually your goal is to go to his job and try to help him at his work. And like, I guess to like rescue him from his nine to five job mm-hmm. um so it's like pretty humorous and like every mission has a little bit of like a dialogue between your uh little skate bird and then like one of the npc birds that kind of help you so like there's some like good fun things in it but at the end of the day it's not great and yeah. like the first level is kind of cool you're like in the bedroom the second level you're on like a roof filled with like all these electric wires and it's just not fun and the graphics kind of do look like PlayStation 2 graphics. <laughs> like I, I, I'm willing to call that an homage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Uh, yeah. Question. Yeah. The, yeah. Is, is, there, like, is there a soundtrack to it? Like, it, does it have any licensed music? It, uh, I don't know licensed music or if they created the own mu- their own music, but it's okay. very, like, almost, I'm going to, I'm bad with music, but kind of, like, indie jazz kind of indie music jazz. that's played. Huh. Yeah. And, uh, like, I feel like this would be music in the background at, like, a cool coffee joint. Okay. Except they splice, like, uh nature documentary narration <laughs> in all the music okay. that's talking about birds that's <laughs> like, actually really the funny pie is and then i guess as, as they're like going through it so you know it's i okay, it's, that's it, funny yeah it, it's like it's like relaxing at first but it gets quickly frustrating as you're just trying to like do a couple of things and the music keeps playing and uh you can unlock tracks in in the actual um like levels like you couldn't tony hawk like they're hidden everywhere right. but uh yeah, uh, it's okay. Mm. Well, I, I'll probably give it a try. Because it's on Game Pass. Because it's on Game Pass. Uh, but from your review and then also the reviews that are sort of here in front of me, um, <laughs> my my hopes aren't particularly high, which sucks. Um, but, Skatebird, I've been your biggest fan. And I'll say this. You've got a damn good logo. <laughs> It's like the Thrasher logo, but Skatebird. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really good. Cool. They sell t-shirts with that. I want it. Um, even if it's not a great game, I want it. <laughs> you know, there's a Skatebird iOS game. It came out in 2014, apparently. Is it by... Um, who made it Skatebird? It is by Nader Isn't that the guy Skatebird. Tomater. Yeah. And then this is by glass bottom games so i don't know if they're related if nader just did it on his own but yeah okay um sorry skatebird there, there goes your only chance at having a good game of the year because nothing else fun came out this year right? nothing else fun came out this year nothing else fun uh justin asked to talk to you about Deathloop, the best game i've played this year and maybe not it's the best game in a while in all my right so, so tell me about it. Okay. Like I like many people and I believe we sort of echoed this sentiment. I think last week when we talked about the PlayStation showcase, uh, 
I am like sick of seeing this game <laughs> like because it, it just keeps yeah. showing up and it's like before it even got the majority of that one state of play a few months ago like I was already sold on the concept like I already think it's a good idea but like stop showing me this game <laughs> because I, I want to play it I, I don't need to see more of it and so like starting it up I was kind of like okay let's see what you got and initially I didn't really like it i thought it was fine i thought it controlled kind of clunky um but i found that about the rest of the arcane games and then something clicked as soon as so basically you go through this tutorial which is just this one mission and the tutor it's like two hours long and it doesn't feel like a tutorial because like it's like story and, and it's not like all just like you use the a button to jump or whatever um it's just like setting up here's the here are the concepts of the game and here's sort of what the main objective is and obviously as all the marketing has been it's like gotta break this damn loop by killing these visionaries um but it is not so straightforward because i've killed all the visionaries and the loop is still going because you need to make it so that you kill all the visionaries in one loop and uh it's pretty cool, man. And so it, it really clicked for me as soon as the tutorial was over and it was like, all right, now go for it. Now it's up to you. So basically there are four different areas. There's like four different maps. Um, and the day is split into four different times. You have morning, noon, afternoon, and midnight. Um, which means that there are actually four variations of each of the four maps. So there's really like 16 maps, but it doesn't feel that big because you like know your way around some of these different places, but like in one time, like a door might be open and, and you might be able to get through uh, into a building to do something. And then if you come back at another time, like completely blocked off or like maybe the building burned to the ground or something like that. Um, so there is a lot of stuff going on and you basically have to, through hook or crook, figure out how to get all of these people either in the same place all at once so you can kill them all together or like make it so that, okay, I'm going to kill three of them in the morning because they're all going to be in not the same place, but they're going to be in the same area. And then I'm going to go in the afternoon to this other place and kill more of them and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's quite cool. All right. So a yeah. couple of quick questions. Yes, go ahead. I hate games with a time limit. Yes. Is there a time limit on this game? There is no time limit. So basically, you load into a level, and it stays that time until you leave the level. So, like, if you go into Updam at noon, it's going to be noon until you leave. And then the next place you go is going to be uh, afternoon. So it's not it's not like 12 like 12 minutes where you were like literally had 12 <laughs> minutes or like there's no ticking clock it's you go in and then you play until you're done and then you dip. So basically then with the four areas that have the four different times, yep. right? So in in a run theoretically you can plan it not a run in in like the the in a day. winning run yeah. in a winning day. Like you can just choose, you have to choose the order of what to do first, second, third, fourth. Kinda. So like it's, it's a big game of dominoes. Uh -huh. So as it stands right now with where every one of these visionaries is, you can't get them all in one loop. So you have to go and like, um, there's a character who's trying to do an experiment and he gets invited to a party at that's at night. 
And if you sabotage his experiment in the morning, it means he's going to be at the party at night. And there is another visionary at the party at night. And I assume you can get more people to come to this party at night and kill them all there. And so, like, did that answer your question? Sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so like, theor- theoretically, like, you you can visit all levels in a day, kill the people that you need to, and find a way to do it that way. Or you might visit one place at noon and then at the very end like get them all to one place and only have to like do a couple things to kill everyone like it's open enough that it's like you don't have to necessarily do every area kind well you you are going to be going to every area and like going in at all these different times because there's different like keys to the puzzle that you are trying to find so it's like okay I got this far in this one quest line and it tracks all the all the different visionaries Um, it's like okay I got to this point but I need a code but I know that they're friends with this person, so I'm going to go do their quest for a little bit. And it's like, oh, I read in their computer that they talked about the code. Here's the code. Okay, now I'm going to go back. Uh, and a lot of these things only happen at one time of the day. So it's like, okay, well, if that's happening in the afternoon and it's morning right now, you can either wait. You can just like wait until that time. Or it's like, or I could just load into another level uh, and take care of some other stuff while I wait for that time to get here. Um, got it. Yeah. Got it. So, so it's, it's like a, pretty it's pretty yeah. open, but is it overwhelming at all? You know me. When a game tells me that I can do anything, I'm looking at you, Fallout 4, when it's like, whatever you want the game to be, it can be. I'll like, be specific. Because <laughs> that game overwhelmed me. It was like, you want to yeah, build a yeah. base? You want to go anything you want? I'm like, I'm playing you. Uh, this is, I didn't, I didn't like Prey. Uh, for Video a lot of games, reasons, I'm playing you. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I, I'm sitting down with you. You tell me what to do. You're the experience. I didn't fucking design a game. It's on you. Uh, I, I didn't like Prey for a lot of reasons, but I didn't. What I didn't like about Prey was that it was like, yeah, however you want to do this, man. But like, I felt like the only solution was like, shoot, running in, shooting, and like being done, and, and taking care of it like in the most you know basic way right and then like i discovered oh i guess there was another path but like i could not have possibly known about this um you know this game is a lot it is really open but it tells you specifically exactly where you need to go and as long as you're observant you can really figure things out especially like if you are observant with mechanics so like you find out i mean i there's no like tutorial for this i found out like oh a lot of windows just open so if like I'm trying to get into a room, like a second floor room, and I know that there's a bunch of um, eternalists on the floor on the first floor, like I'm gonna skip through them and just run upstairs and, and just uh, like use my powers to get to that second floor. Um, it, it's 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 pretty sweet. Yes, it is open ended, but in a way that is not overwhelming. In a way that is like very much about yeah, just try things, whatever you want, man. And if it goes wrong, unlike their previous games, like Dishonored. Um, it, if it goes wrong, the solution to the puzzle is just kill everyone very fast. <laughs> like, like pull out a shotgun and it's like, <laughs> let's do this. Um, <laughs> but which I really like because I didn't like in other games where it's like, you're, uh, you're this trained assassin, but if you kill anyone, the rats are going to be really angry. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, that, that absolutely ruined Dishonored for me the first one. Yeah. Um, and I, I never want to go to Dishonored too, even though I know it's better because I feel like I will. I'm missing out because that's the kind of broken human being I am. You're not going to go to Dishonored because you feel like you're missing out? 
Yeah, Dishonored 2, because if I didn't beat Dishonored 1, uh, uh, I, I don't want to go to Dishonored 2. But. I understand. I understand. Um, this is their best game by far. Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's talk about progression. So, uh, yes. Obviously, like with all these loops, like you, it's not a rogue. No. Like. No. So basically, you get these things called slabs and slabs are magic powers. Don't think about it too hard. Like that's basically what the game is. <laughs> like, like you get all the dishonored powers. Like you can do the blink and you can do like a lot of the other stuff. And it's just like, don't think about why you can do this. doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. I'm sure there are reasons in the game, but like at the end of the day, like it's just, you have magic. Okay. Um, and, uh, you get this, the, the loot, the slab that you get at the beginning of every single loop is called reprise where if you die one time, uh, it brings you back, you know, 10 seconds or so, and you're invincible for a little bit, and then, um, but you're still alive. If you die two times, same thing happens. When you die that third time, you get sent back to the very beginning of the loop without any of the things that you've collected. Until the, fr- like, I, th- this might have been the end of the tutorial. I think, yeah, I think this is the end of the tutorial. You figure out how to infuse items so that you can loop back with them the you you have to you collect like um it's called residium it's like this element that's around and it makes like objects glow and it's just you pick up these items and you get this power um and the like give and take with that is if you get killed without infusing something you lose it forever so that goes for new slabs, so like new powers, it goes for weapons, it goes for character augmentations, weapon augmentations, all this sort of stuff. You will just lose forever if you don't infuse it between each uh, mission. But like I've gotten to the point where I'm maybe 10 hours in, I have no need to infuse new things because it's like, all right, I have the three guns I like, I have the four augmentations I like, I have the you know nine trinkets I like for my guns, like I don't need new stuff necessarily, but... Um, so progression, like I initially was worried where I was like, oh gosh, this is going to suck, especially because of this again, (laughs) right. I mean, like coming off of Returnal, I liked Returnal, but like restarting was like, there was, there was like a number of times that I was going to restart where I was like going to be done. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there was, there was a, I didn't, I didn't know exactly where it was, (laughs) but right. Yeah. Um, whereas Deathloop, I've, I've only lost like progress in that way one time and it's cause I was stupid and I, instead of disarming a landmine was like, I'm pretty far away. And I shot it with my gun and like (laughs) Mm, super avoidable. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I am like, cannot recommend it enough. I cannot stop thinking about it. It is really good. So uh, the weapon progression and like your character progression in terms of like your weapons, that seems to like be a nice medium to still have like the ability to be flexible, but also like when you die, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. How does your knowledge of the world change? You keep like it. from your character perspective. So your character remembers everything. So you and Juliana, the spy versus spy enemy of the game, like anti- main antagonist of this game, are the only two people, at least it seems, who realize that you are redoing the loop over and over and over again. Everyone else believes it's the first day that, like, they all got there. Like, like they all believe that they're literally reliving the first day of being there because that's yeah, when they the don't loop know starts. they're in a loop. Correct. Yeah. Um, or at least if they do, it's like it, they kind of do, but they also kind of do. they don't understand how long that they've been doing it. And I think I don't know if this is a spoiler. Uh, like, 
it might be a minor spo- story spoiler if you care about the like the lore of all of this. Um, it, it's been like 19 years of you just doing this over and over and over again. And um, Colt, the main character, now remembers is starting to remember that this is going over and over and over again. And Juliana has been like present this whole time. Interesting. Yes. All right. So I was nervous about this game from the previews because it looked like the story would have been, was done with a lot of just like in-game dialogue Mm -hmm. and like cut scenes were like, just, it looked like a lot of the preview footage of the game was, a bunch of like just environments of just the the enemies and like neutral positions and stuff like that. Yeah. How is the story told in this game and is the story any good? <laughs> is the story any good? It's like gripping. It's like it, it, it's gripping because the whole time every time you discover new information you're like, "Okay, how am I going to use that?" Like you, you go, "Okay, so she gets mad enough, she's not going to go to the party. But where's she going to go instead?" And like, and you feel like a little little detective with your cork board and like the string. And the game does a pretty good job of like telling you their missions with like that. Um, the in terms of like it being like chatty, it's it's pretty chatty in that first tutorial section where it's basically just like going over the lore of the game and and the relationship between Juliana and Colt and um, all that sort of stuff. You hear from Juliana, at least I have been hearing from Juliana once per. Um, like once per level. And as, as soon as you start the level, you open a door and like, she talks to you. You've got like a little walkie talkie. She talks to you for two seconds. You talk back to her for two seconds. And then she's like, fuck you. Goodbye. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and and then, um, she shuts up, you shut up for the rest of the level, unless you discover new information or talk to a character or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I was also a little worried about that. And when like you start it, it's a little chatty, but uh, for the most part, it, it kind of shuts up a little bit and lets you just take in the world. And, and you don't really have to deal with that in the way that I think that, like you were saying, the previews in the trailers were like people talking all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a lot more quiet because a lot of it, it too, is about listening. Um, yeah. Because if you are like, it's not a great idea to always go into it, like engage with with eternalists without checking out like what they're up to because usually they'll say like they'll give you a little bit of detail of what's going on in the world then they'll go into your notebook about like oh here's a location to check out or like oh this happens after this happens so i need to get there before that happens does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah um how so uh, in, in there's multiplayer in this game right yeah have you experienced that? Have you tried it from either end when you got killed by someone or you try to kill people? Yes, I have. Um, uh, it's not, it's okay. It's It's <laughs> not, it's not great. It's fine. Um, it is very fun to be Juliana. So you, so basically uh, you get to invade other people's games and kill them. <laughs> and you get a notification. If you're playing as Colt, Juliana is, is here somewhere. And she gets dropped in a, at a point on the map and you cannot leave the map without going and hacking a little terminal that's going because she locks all the doors to your exits. So you have to go hack the terminal and she spawns near it. So there's like this basically centralized point for you two to get to. Right. And the maps are pretty big, but like you're going to run into each other eventually. And either she kills you and you wipe and you have to restart the whole loop and you're going to lose, you know, a frustrating amount of progress probably um or 
you're going to kill her and you're going to get a bunch of different weapons and upgrades and, and stuff like that. Um, it's not great because it's just like an <laughs> added amount of stress that's not very fun, uh, yeah. especially when you're playing against a human. Because like, I don't know, some people are really skilled with this sort of thing. And like, I wouldn't say I'm unskilled, but like some people are going to be pulling off moves that you just don't know. And it's just like needlessly frustrating for no real reason. Um, when she's a bot, cause you can like basically turn it off and on if you want it like a real person coming in. I've not found it so bad cause it just adds a level of stress. That's like, okay, there's a special enemy who is hunting me now. And like, that's kind of fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially and if they you do can, the same thing when they say that she's hunting you with the bot. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. it lets you know when she's, she's around. Uh, especially also like even if you miss that first notification, you can't leave. And, and they knew marker is set up on the map to let you know, you need to hack this terminal before you can actually hoof it. Got um, it. Got it. Yeah, it's fun as Juliana because it's just like pick a bunch of like radically overpowered weapons because you need to kill <laughs> you need to kill Colt three times because he's going to come back three times because of his slab. Um, yeah. but he only needs to kill you once. So you basically pick three powerful weapons and then just show up and just try and um, kill him. But yeah, it's it's stressful when it's another person, uh, but it's it's doable and manageable. But it's it's not like the best feature of the game uh any like things that you don't like about the game um probably something it's like <laughs> i've gotten to the point where i'm trying to follow this main story and i feel like i'm getting towards the end of it i'm like 10 hours in but i'm sure i, I actually think i'm gonna try and platinum this because from what i've seen like the platinum is pretty easy and doesn't take like actually that long and like it's not like really grindy it's kind of interesting um basically like I've gotten to the point where, like, I know these areas, like, the back of my hand. And I guess this is very much of, like, what the time loop is supposed to be doing because this is what's happening to Colt. Like, I am not being stealthy at all anymore. I, like, run into the middle of an open square and I'm like, who wants to fight me? <laughs> and I'm just, like, shooting shotguns, like, uh, shooting a shotgun into the air. Like, come on out, y'all. <laughs> um, let's do this. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think it loses that, like, tense air. But, like, that happens with, <laughs> with games like this, especially, like... Uh, I've got a silenced single-handed machine gun. You get a, you get a nail gun uh, that you find in your house at the beginning, and it is your silenced weapon. And you have to like charge up a shot, and and um, like a headshot will kill someone, but like a body shot won't. Um, and I have created a completely broken <laughs> submachine gun that is like <laughs> I don't even. I've got like a big ass sniper rifle. I don't even use anymore because like this little machine gun is like getting headshots from across the map and it's completely silent and all this stuff that's but. awesome yeah so i'm looking at how long to beat and it says main story is 14 and a half hours main and extras is 18 hours completionist is 25 hours okay that which, sounds right i mean i uh, i think a, a single player campaign about 15 hours is like the sweet spot for me yeah um and i think the for me another worry about this would be that it would almost be too big mm -hmm. um or too small like if it's if the if they're not if there's not enough to do that might get boring after a while and if there's too much to do and it doesn't seem like there's an end but I think this seems like a pretty good uh, like overall like time so I'm interested in that and plus uh, Metacritic is pretty high on this game yeah yeah it is um, one of the PlayStation 5's best um, and I, IGN gave it a ten out of ten yeah which, so did uh, you know, IGN IGN GameSpot. is not the end all be all but. GameSpot did too. I think so. Or it was either GameSpot or Games uh, Informer. Game and Informer. I still think like having like 
<laughs> big big uh, publications uh, giving it something like that, like a ten out of ten. I think that's noteworthy at the very least. Yeah, um, yeah, and pretty cool actually. So, I, 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 the thing that is preventing me from doing this is that I, I know it's going to be addicting. Yeah, I like I can't like I don't want to do anything else <laughs> right now. Like I'm <laughs> yeah, when we're done with this, we're, I'm going to play it. We were talking about video game addiction. Was that last week? Uh, I, yeah. I cannot, in good conscience, download this game with what I have going on and yes. still be able to like call myself um, a functioning human being because it does seem to be that kind of um, addictive. And it's almost like it. From what you're describing, it it kind of seems a little bit like um, Hitman meets like a Dark Souls in a way. Uh. I- I've seen people comparing this to Dark Souls. I mean, I, I wrote a piece about comparing its multiplayer to Dark Souls, which Dark Souls has like an invasion thing, which I really don't like. And I like um, Deathloop's like way more than that. Uh, it's still not great, but like it's better in my opinion. I don't think this is like Dark Souls at all, other than the invasion thing. I would say this is like Hitman meets Prey or Dishonored. I mean, like I, I would just say this is just like first person Hitman, maybe even. Um, where you have a superpowers a little bit because it's well, just what, what yeah. What what's the title of this article? Oh gosh, the game rant one that I wrote. Yeah, <laughs> oh, let me find it. Uh, I saw I saw on the comments of the Facebook page that a bunch of Dark Souls fans were calling me a casual because I don't like the invasions oh, of no. Dark Souls. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, because they're not fucking fun, guys. Um, it is called <laughs> Deathloop's invasions are far better than any Dark Souls game. <laughs> Which, I listen, I guess, yeah, is that a is that a leading headline, perhaps? I didn't write the headline. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everyone's just like, what if you just uh, got better? I'm like, yeah, hadn't, con- <laughs> hadn't considered that. Uh, but... <laughs> Justin, you, you brought up Metacritic real quick. Uh, the the reviews for Lost Judgment are out. Are you going to play this game? I know that it's coming out next week, or this week, I guess. Um, and I know you were hot on the original Judgment. Are you getting into Lost Judgment? I think hot hot's a strong word. I think the thing that really got me through Lost Judgment was the story, the main story. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, And a lot of the side stuff was just a little bit like at times specifically the 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 real difference between the yakuza games and lost judgment is that lost judgment you play a private investigator who basically is going around and doing all these pi type of things like trailing people Mm -hmm. um and uh looking for clues in like a first person mode and stuff like that and those were the worst parts of the game for me. Okay. okay. <laughs> like actually like the investigation stuff, which is kind of disappointing because you would hope that that would be like the fun part of it yeah. to make it different enough. And the combat was fun. Um, I think if I played a lot of the other Yakuza games, I, I would have been sick of the combat. But because Like a Dragon is the turn-based versus the um, kind of action beat-em-up brawler that, uh, lost, that, that Judgment was... Um, it, it was fresh and unique enough to make it fun. And by the time I got good at it, uh, the game was over. Yep. So Lost Judgment looks to be more of the same. And I don't know if that necessarily is something that uh, excites me enough to play it this year. Sure. Um, but it's getting pretty decent r- ratings, pretty similar to the first one. Um, uh, it's on the Xbox Series X it has an 82 on Metacritic and on the PS5 has an 84. So, I mean, I, I, it's probably going to be an okay game, but with a lot of the people talking about how the story itself 
isn't the highlight, but a lot of the side stories are. Basically, one of the, the major side stories of the game is you have to invest, go into a high school um, and like do an investigation at a high school okay. uh, in which it the the word, I think um, it was in the IGN review, they called it like the, the 21 Jump Street type okay. of effect. <laughs> When you're basically like this adult man going into a high school and you eventually have to start beating up high schoolers <laughs> and like putting them in the hospital and stuff like that. Um, uh, but they said that was a highlight of the game, all the stuff that you had to do. Yeah. And a lot of the side activities in Yakuza are, are kind of always really legitimately side activities. Mm -hmm. But what it looks like they did in this game was instead of just going to an arcade to play a Sonic game, you go to an arcade to play a Sonic game to befriend the different cliques in the high school. So all the different activities that you're doing are like building up the relationships for this big side mission in the high school, which isn't part of the main story, by the way. Um, so I think that might be more interesting and at least a more engaging way to tie everything together. Yeah. Um, but again, they're they're like, yeah, they they've done work to make the following missions more fun, and I'm like, I doubt that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, but um, ultimately, I think these games are are pretty like. I get why the Yakuza games come out every year because I think the stories are always in the Yakuza series just really interesting to to follow. Mm -hmm. They are crime epics, and um, I think if you like those kind of stories, I think this is going to be more of the same. It doesn't look to be the big jump I was hoping it would be um, from Judgment to Lost Judgment, but um, that being said, if uh, you like these games, looks like it's going to be a good one. Sure, sure. Justin, the uh, THQ Nordic Games Showcase happened this week. Did you watch it? Uh, I watched all the trailers from it. And let me tell you, I didn't realize THQ Nordic was 10 years old. I, I'll tell you, I don't know much about THQ Nordic. I'm trying to think of games that they've made that I've played. I, I know their remember logo. Remember THQ? Remember THQ? Yeah. They went under because they like had games no one liked, and then this company is like, they "We're gonna buy out? the THQ yeah. name," <laughs> and they basically have made it their mission in life to buy properties that THQ used to have. Oh, okay, so they did they did Homefront and Darksiders. Yeah, yeah, and they, they it went from the thing when they were just like buy old properties and like re-release them to now they're starting to actually like make games. Like a lot of the games that came out here um, are like. There's a game Outcast Two, and I believe the last the Outcast One came out in like '98. Okay. And I think the same thing for uh, Jagged Alliance, or th there's a couple other games that like haven't been heard from yeah. since like the the '90s um, that they're bringing back. Um, and uh, I think the the games that kind of like were the I'm going to call them the showstopper pieces, mm -hmm. uh, were Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed, yeah. uh, which looks to be a redone version of Destroy All Humans 2, similar to what they did earlier with Destroy All Humans when they came out with the, like, the new coat of paint mm -hmm. redone, redesigned one, and one that I am super stoked about. Uh, and that's one? the new SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake. Yeah. Have you played uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants Battle, Battle for Bikini Bottom? I played, the, I played the Ridge. The Ridge. Did you like it? I mean, I liked it enough. I w like we didn't really, like. I didn't really know a lot about SpongeBob. I guess I I know some, but like not a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I I didn't play the original one, but I played the rehydrated version. Yeah, um, and I liked it. Like it was fun. I think the the 
issue with that game is that it was just it's an old platformer and yeah. it felt like an old platformer um with a lot of the puzzles and a lot of it was frustrating and it wasn't the best platforming um but it's just I love SpongeBob so much and it feels like this new one is really going in like hard mm-hmm. with all the SpongeBob references from the show sure. like they, they the whole thing is done with the uh, was that sweet victory uh, song that they have from the from one the episode. Super Bowl episode yeah the Super Bowl episode that yeah. they have like that's the whole trailer for it um, and they have like a ton of references and it looks good um, so I'm excited for this and what can I say I'm already planning on purchasing the the uh, Nickelodeon All Stars Battle Royale oh brawl gosh. whatever they're yeah. gonna call it just because I love that so much um, so this is definitely gonna be something that I'm gonna play but that was I think those two were the games that kind of stood out for me for being like ooh those are kind of interesting um, and uh, uh, I don't know about you but. Uh, I'm gonna probably probably get at least SpongeBob day one. I am um, gonna skip all these games. <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and then the rest of the games that came out, um, I'm gonna just say them, and you tell me if you're interested in them. Outcast two. What's uh, Outcast one? You didn't know uh, that one, yeah. Jagged Alliance three. I know how much you love tactics game. You always tell me how much you love tactics. Yeah, game. And you, you know, Jagged Alliance one and two are just some of my favorites of all time. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just uh, the the best. Uh, they're better than medium. Sure. And then Superpower three is a is a strategy game, huh? Yeah, I like you know? it. Was it was that prototype one and two? Isn't that the same? <laughs> same game. Probably, probably very similar. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but. You were saying how, you know, Skatebird would be okay, except for the fact that you wish they had more uh, ATVs in it, because they had the uh, Motocross versus ATV Legends game. Yeah, out. yeah, I know. Bird, Bird in there, that's your new game of the year. I guess um, so. Then they had uh, Elix 2. Uh, they were showing a story trailer for it, and it looked as bad as it does in Outriders when they were, like, voice acting in it. So yeah. I don't know if that was a, a good sell. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Expeditions Rome, which is a CRPG. Do you know what CRPG stands for? I do. Computer role-playing game. What the hell is the difference between that and a role-playing game? Uh, <laughs> a CRPG <laughs> is supposed to harken back to the good old days of computer role-playing games. So, like, your Disco Elysiums, that is a CRPG, which, I mean... There's no difference. I mean, like it's just there's, there's literally no difference. It's just what people like classified as because it's like it, supposed to be it. sort of like a throwback. But at the end of the day, like yeah, it's the same thing. And I mean, ultimately, like I think THQ Nordic has always been one of those companies that a lot of the cho- the the games that they purchase and the properties they purchase has always been kind of weird yeah. for me. Like, oh, you're going with these games. Um, but I mean, the fact that they have this many new properties, like. As long as, you know, they're not banking on, like, hundreds of millions of dollars of sales for all these games, I'm sure they'll be fine. And, you know, games like Darksiders are great, so the more that we can have of of things like that, I I think there's nothing wrong with that. Well, and Justin, they're selling at least one copy of SpongeBob, what is it called? It's uh, it's called The Cosmic Cosmic Shake. Shake. To you. I feel like that's a reference to SpongeBob that I'm missing. Uh, Is it like the Harlem Shake, but with... (laughs) Cosmic. No one's thought about the Harlem Shake in ten years, Justin. <laughs> I remember when we uh, at my school they did the the Harlem Shake, uh, like a teacher led Harlem Shake. Like they started it at mm-hmm. a homecoming assembly, and they regretted that immediately. I remember <laughs> I was there. As everyone like empties the bleachers and runs to the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was there. I remember it. I was um, yeah. fourteen years old. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Quantic Dream making Star Wars games, maybe. All right. First of all, 
according to no one, according to some insider who tweeted a photo of <laughs> that. And what's interesting is anyone can do this. Um, anyone can cook. Anyone can cook. Uh, you, he tweeted a photo of the android from the beginning of uh, Detroit Become Human in that awesome, it's such a good scene. When you show up and you're like, I'm Connor, I'm from Cyberlife, and you like have to investigate the apartment and um, save the girl from the hostage situation. Th- that android with uh, just two lightsabers in front of him. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the evidence that Quantic Dream is working on a Star Wars game. And then recently they said that they're working on new a new property, which is, I mean, there are many new properties that could exist. Uh, so who knows? But... If they are indeed working on a Star Wars game, thoughts? <laughs> I I would be I I am a pretty big fan of the Quantum Dream Quantic Dream games. I think they're fun. Um, I I like I just like that kind of like triple A level storytelling game, like adventure game. I mean, you're talking about like Life is Strange, True Colors, and how it's not necessarily triple like, A quality. It's a little buggy and everything like that. Yeah. Um. I think like you, 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 Quantic Dream. I'm obviously most familiar with them from their Sony collabs, but like this would be not a Sony collab. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I think they're done with their con- contract with Sony, so now they're free agents and they're putting their games out wherever. Um, but I, I think a storytelling game in which you are in the Star Wars world will be awesome. And I mean, people love uh, that. What is that? Uh, the the Bioware game. They're coming out with a new one. Nice Republic. Nice. They love Kotor. People love Kotor. Yeah, yes. So what if you have Kotor without the bad um, uh, real time strategy stuff involved? Not real time strategy. The the turn based stuff involved in it. Uh, I guess. Let me say this about Quantic Dream. Uh, I'm not mad at them. I'm just always disappointed. You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> yeah. th- Like while I do, I think their games are good but like the amount of baggage and asterisks that has to come with saying that is always like why couldn't you just have made a cool android game and not made this like the worst racism metaphor or ever like not worst like like most basic most entry level most like ninth grade essay ass (laughs) uh, from like some white french guy (laughs) you know what i mean like that game is like looks so good and i think the way that its story branches is so cool and and all of that stuff is so great it just sucks that it is in service of this shitty story right or i mean even the story's good but the fact that it's in service of this shitty like racism metaphor sucks similar I, i missed uh beyond two souls um but like similar with heavy rain like Looking at, back at it, I really liked it when I played it, but, like, now I think about, like, the woman in that game, like, I don't, I think if I looked, if I replayed it now, I think I would not be able to, like, get on board with, like, how they treat that woman and, like, the rest of the stuff that happens in that game, which sucks, because I think it's a really interesting, riveting story and interesting, like, premise, and, and while the gameplay is, like, fine, like... It's. I think it does. Uh, a, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't come to those games for the gameplay. Right, but I think that like it is better than your, uh, like like The Walking Dead, for example. Like th- that. While I think the story is great, I think the gameplay is like really lacking. Uh, or or Life is Strange: True Colors. Like, 
I think they at least they try something new enough to make it like, oh, that's kind of weird, right? But if they were to make a Star Wars game, I think that could be cool. They love to they love to tell weird stories, so like that's Star Wars. But my worry is that they would miss the point completely and make it about like the Senate or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like a yeah. You play Palpatine the whole time. No, not even you play like. You, you know how in the background you see a bunch of ETs of, yeah, in like episode one? You play those guys. Uh, yeah. and, and like a completely unrelated, like uninteresting story. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's, there's, a, yeah. they, they, there's a lot they could do in a storytelling game like that. I mean, you could like joking jokes aside, you could play for part of it. One of like the senators, right. Yeah. And have to do more of like the politicking. And then the other one, you could play like a young Jedi recruit and then you could go dark or evil and those store darker evil. does the same thing. Yeah. You could go to the light side or dark side, but like that would be impacting some of the greater stuff. And then of course, everyone's favorite character, Mina Jar Jar. You could be Jar Jar Binks. Bro, and then have you could, fucking you- David Cage voice him, man. <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah, I think we're seeing we're seeing a winner here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then b- to to really play up the the ET reference, you could just have a bunch of Reese's PCs just floating around yeah. the whole time. Yeah, I, I would I would play it, and I would probably think it's fun, but I would be disappointed because it would be I, I don't know. As I, I, uh, I'm like talking over myself, I think that they're they have the potential to do something great and it just sucks that they've never lived up to it because they're too focused on trying to make a statement that like, just make a statement that you can relate to and talk about. Don't make this like uh, these other sort of like grandiose statements. I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, obviously they go to like common tropes, which might be a good thing if they're just going with star wars so instead of having to like make their story mean something by trying to make some political commentary um they would just have an interesting overlapping star wars story um to to that point though like make a political commentary like i I think that's good i think that's fine but like just don't like i don't know appropriate black (laughs) struggle and, and and like that sort of stuff it's just gross i don't know anyway I think it could be cool. I, I, I'm not trying to come down too hard on it, like as a concept or idea. I think it could be cool because, again, I think their games look great and play interesting enough to be like interesting. But well, yeah. I think too, Quantic Dream itself, the studio uh, had had some history of uh, accusations about toxic toxic work culture. Yeah. And- and I know, yes. and I think recently, like an internal report came out. But how much can you trust those that it wasn't that bad? Um, but um, <sighs> I think where there's smoke, there's fire with anything like that. So even from a, a, a not the game perspective, from a company perspective, kind of an odd choice if Disney is going to be going with a company that has any sort of blight on it. Yeah, I mean, um, particularly this, but. with who David Cage is and like things he's recently said about people who are gay or women, <laughs> like maybe not very good. But um, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no story there in terms of like any sort of confirmation or not. Uh, if that's in the work works i suppose we'll hear about it soon or probably not <laughs> all, yeah. all i have to say is i am pro star wars uh, yeah so hopefully i think more star wars the better and i think star wars should live in video games i don't I, I think that it's just got a lot of stuff going for it that's great in video games when are we getting hey hey star wars can you do a crossover jedi fallen order and the force unleashed call it 
Star Wars Jedi The Force Unleashed and make it about Cal Kestis and Starkiller going around. Or, or, or we or. could stick with the Disney uh, or, or the Star Wars Sony connection and we could have Nathan Drake with a lightsaber. Quipping the whole time. He goes, yeah, the can, whole time, can you lend me like, a hand? Like, cuts the hand off. <laughs> 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 That's all I got. That's all the Star Wars puns I have for today. Uh, anyway, uh, just in the Switch. Just in the Switch. What's, what's up with the Switch? Um, There's a lot of rumors surrounding it and what may or may not be coming to it or happening with it. Uh, one thing happened that, sort of out of the blue, that is exciting, and that is... Um, confirmed to be happening I, I think it's live now there's an update that allows um bluetooth headphones to work on the switch so now you don't need a you, you don't you can use wireless headphones on your switch which is awesome because that should have been around a lot earlier than this <laughs> <laughs> do you have any like i have issues with like bluetooth headphones thinking it's connecting to multiple devices because yeah. i got the airpods that are on my phone yeah and then sometimes they'll decide that my laptop wants to pair with them and other times my computer and then like, it's just like a little annoying sometimes yes i am of the opinion where it's like if it's not broke don't fix it so like i had <laughs> I had the i was using dongles and everything for my you know wired headphones and at a certain point i was just like yeah i should probably get some bluetooth ones just because I'm not a hundred years old, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's cool though that it's on the switch. Uh, Finally, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see how much I use that. You you play your switch more than I do. Um, not necessarily for lack of want on my end. It's just that like I don't know. There hasn't been anything coming out on the switch recently that's really gotten my attention. Uh, actually, Elaine and I have been playing some Smash recently, but that's like not for any other reason other than she just likes flying around as Kirby and I'm a fan of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, well, even then you're playing, you're probably playing that on the TV, right? Correct. Yeah. We're not, like not, not handheld hand and everything, but, yeah. um, you, do you have a, do you have a, a pro controller? I do. I do. Usually when we play, she prefers using the joy cons on the, like just a single one. No, no, no. She likes <laughs> it on the, what's the, like the empty shell that you can use with that like comes with it. You know what I'm talking about? Like the black thing that has, like, you slot your Joy-Cons into. Like the strap thing? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Like the, I get it. I get it. Like the contr like the controller thing. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. The, put the Joy-Cons in a controller. Yes. There's like a name for that, though. But yeah. Uh, so she uses that, and then I use the, the Pro Controller. Um, got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, personally, I had to uh, buy uh, some more Joy-Cons. So I bought the Skyward Sword, Sword oh, Shield ones. Yeah. Looks pretty snappy, by the way. It was on sale from eBay, new on eBay, uh, for the same price as like regular controllers because right now every single one of my Joy-Cons has a drift Ugh. to it. And that is a problem because I have six. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I got the new ones and it, it they're, they're sharp. It's sharp on that. Yeah. It's, it's got like a dark blue and like a dark purple. So I was pretty happy with that. Well, that's good. Um, uh, yeah. Joy-Con Drift, that's been an issue that is not resolved. Uh, nope. <laughs> I, like, I like when they announced the, uh, what's it called? Switch OLED. Everyone yeah. was like, "Oh, and you're, are you gonna like address the new the you're, you know you guys have a new console coming out? Are you gonna address the drift issues?" And they're like, "Well, what's cool about this one is it has a better <laughs> stand on the back, the feature that everyone uses." And it's like, "Okay, great." Um, it's like the one thing they actually needed to fix, like the one thing that people it was have broken. really been wanting. Yeah, right. Uh, so there has been some scuttlebutt that there might be a new Switch 
controller type what? coming in the future. Uh, now, now this comes courtesy of GameRant.com from an internet rando named Peter on Spitzek. Uh, wow. I would like the record to state I did not put this in here. This was my <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. To be fair, I was like I was just was on Twitter and I saw this article about controllers and I clicked on it. I was reading. I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I saw it just after I bought the new Joy Cons and then I saw that uh, you had written it. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. So um, th- th- this is titled "Rumor." New Nintendo Switch controller could be in the works. And basically, uh, someone pointed out on Twitter that uh, Nintendo had recently applied for an FCC ID application, which is basically like if you want your um, device to be able to be sold and approved by the FCC, if it has any sort of like uh, wireless connections or or whatever, you need this application to be filed and and to be approved for it. and basically, we think it is for a Switch accessory because it is... What's the code name for this guy? Uh, game controller HAC043, and HAC is what is... Um, that is, like, the code name for Switch things. I think HAC01 is just, like, straight up the Switch itself, the center piece of it. Uh, and then the left and right Joy-Cons are HAC number, number, number. Um, so, game controller HAC043, that seems pretty solid evidence that there's potentially something in the works for um the switch but like game controller seems kind of vague like they could just be a new pro controller which i think if they announce that before addressing the joy-con drift i think people be pretty mad yeah i i at a certain point this is something they have to think about and fix and redesign like they have to yeah well i mean i think about like the switch light like don't buy one <laughs> right Cause, because because you cannot fix it and right. at a certain it has a lifespan and i guess you know if you're maybe more casual gamer wanting to like you know just dip in animal crossing and pokemon snapper and whatever and you know like it's not like if, if you're not playing it a lot then it doesn't really matter but like i think the switch lights are really good looking that purple one that looks like a gamecube like i really want but I don't need it. Um, but like, <laughs> I wouldn't buy one just because it's like, it just has such a limited lifespan of, of working. Yeah. And I just, I, I, and I know like you can send them in to fix them, but first of all, um, I, I had issues. I think sending sometimes sending stuff in is, is complicated in itself. Like yeah. I sent in my elite controller for, this is not a Nintendo thing to get it fixed. And like, it's not better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th- there are ways to like fix it and there's a couple like hacks that you can do but like this is something that is like for these controllers which are pretty damn expensive yeah. and for them to be n- a known critical issue that prevents you from using them like it, it they they should do something sooner rather than later with them. Yeah, so hopefully that's what this FCC ID application is. Um it's important as this like really wise author points out that like grain of salt, <laughs> like not, this is not a confirmation that anything's happening. Uh, applications are filed. I'm, this is the first like FCC application I've ever seen. So I don't know like when that is done in the like production process, but like every week it feels like Microsoft or Nintendo or Sony like files an application for a new patent for this sort of technology. And like that, 
doesn't mean anything because you need to get right. the, like you, it's basically them trying to say like we have this idea let's get this and make sure it's ours and then see what we're going to do with it so i have no idea uh when this sort of timeline would be for this but uh it it could be cool yeah i i do you have any like kind of like out there hopes for this like if they do do a redesign would would it just be simply good enough for them to have not the drift or is there anything that you wish these controllers had and that they don't have currently uh i'll be honest i actually i like the joy con quite a bit just in general i I think it's small enough to be like good for just about anyone and and like it's really simple to look at Uh, i would love for the back trigger on there to be more than a button press and be more of a trigger uh, so like playing a using a pro controller is always weird because it feels like an Xbox controller or, or you know, PlayStation controller, but it doesn't have the triggers at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, at the end of the day, I, I still think it's a pretty good controller. So if it just fixes the Joy-Con drift and I don't know, more colors, <laughs> then I, I think it's going to be OK. How about you? Do you have any wishes for uh, maybe a little bit bigger um but like uh, i mean i don't have giant hands but i still feel like using the little single controller is kind of unusable to a point yeah um if it just had a little bit more heft to it and this is just something that maybe just the way i play um those i know you got that hd rumble going on with that but those things are loud as hell. That is yeah. one of the loudest mechanical rumbles I ever hear. And a lot of games don't allow you just to just turn off the rumble on it. I think mm-hmm. you can in the settings maybe uh, go through it that way. But, like, it, it's pretty loud. Like, sometimes, like, if I'm playing at night um, before I go to bed and, like, the, the I have my volume off or my headphones on, it doesn't matter because it's just as loud as you hear the... Yeah. Mm, it's, like, like, humming and, like, screaming. But, um, yeah, I think... Ultimately, just give me more color options uh, and something that's not going to break after a couple uh, couple of years. Uh, I'd be totally down with that. I was going to say, it's not, for me, it's like you have 12 months, if that, for a Switch controller for, for the Joy-Cons before they start drifting and, and just deteriorating away. Yeah. I, um, like I also saw some speculation that this could potentially be something to do with uh, N64 games being uh, yes. brought to Switch Online. Yeah, so do you want to, yeah, go ahead. What's all that about, Justin? Well, I mean, first of all, like, when with what you're talking about, um, uh, the adaptive triggers, GameCube controllers were, like, the first adaptive yeah. trigger. Yeah, they were. <laughs> you know, like, literally, like, they had, like, the, the shoulder buttons had the two presses in them that, you know, they used pretty well in certain games that, that would be an issue porting over some games from GameCube to Switch if you don't have that option to mm. do that. Um, but like, it looks like potentially, um, uh, there was a Kotaku article, uh, titled, here's why folks think Nintendo might be bringing N64 to switch by Jeremy Winslow. Um, and they, they were going into uh, a lot of the, um, I'm not huge with like patents and stuff like that, but they were talking about the numbering um, of uh, the uh, specific controllers and how the HAC 042, it was the SNS, SNES, SNES, what do they call that? SNES? I've heard both. It was the uh, SNES controller. Hmm. um, And then this one is the HAC 043. What comes after Super Nintendo, Peter? 
The Nintendo 64. The Nintendo 64 would be the one that comes after that. Uh, But they're also talking about how it is also an anniversary coming up this month in September of Nintendo Switch Online and the 25th anniversary of the N64, which, by Hmm. the way, is mind-boggling because I feel old now because that's that's a significant amount of time. And I remember playing that as, like, not my first console, but, like, my third console. So, like... Shoot. <laughs> Speaking of my ankles, I'm not even 25 years old. I'm still 19. But um, <laughs> I, I think that makes sense because you think about like, oh, cool, they're porting these games over. Fucking how? Look at that controller. Yeah. You have to have a spider hands to play that thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you have to. Like you cannot with with a lot of. And, and, uh, while a lot of those games just used two of the three <laughs> handholds. Uh, like still porting it over might not be as simple as just you know remapping everything to the to the um, Joy Cons, but yeah. So so if they're doing an N sixty four controller, I'd love to add that thing. I mean they're they're cool. I like them. Um, you are looking at me as if you don't like them. Is that are you a fan of that controller? Uh, the N sixty four controller, yeah. it's unique. Yeah. Um, it don't make sense to me necessarily, and I don't think it ever made sense to anyone. I think part of it was just like, how can we make this controller stand out? And it's like that uh, the idea about design by you just like add a third thing to it. So they're like, okay, first we just have this like one basic thing. Then we're gonna have like more buttons on the second one. Now we're gonna have three hand layouts, which is like cool, but it's also like, but maybe you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, there's, I, I can never remember a game. Like, they're like, you can hold it like on either end, yeah. or you can hold it with the middle and then the end, or you can hold it with the middle and then the left side. I'm I like, can't what even game? think of a game what that game would make right. you do that. None. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. Did you do this when you were when you were younger? Uh, when when video game like instructions used to be a thing, we used to like my my sisters and I would like gather around mm-hmm. and we'd read through the directions together I, before we played a game. Like. I'm going to describe something, and I'm sure you and, and several of other of our listeners have experienced this. Parents drive you to GameStop or whatever game store of your choice, or I guess their choice if they're driving, they're choosing. And you buy a game, you open it up on, in the car ride home, and you read the instruction manual in the car. Yeah. Uh, I miss instruction manual. I've been going through um, some of my like Xbox 360 games and, and other stuff just to organize them and make them look nice. And... Um, I pick up some of those boxes. I'm like, what's going on in here? Why is this so heavy? <laughs> and I open it up. It's like, oh, because there's a hundred pages of, of text in this. Um, Got to learn. Yeah. Got to learn about it. Yeah, I, I miss I miss that quite a bit. And I think it should come back because now it's just empty. And he's just looking at the little prongs in there like, it could be something. I would read it. I would read it. I'm sure it's I'm sure no one does. I'm sure it saves a lot of money. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. Anyway. Well, sometimes they have like like advertisements in there. Yes, right. I mean, like a lot of or, or like the digital download code with with still like an empty like case. Yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. I mean, I guess it makes sense for people like me who collect these sorts of things. I have actually. I was surprised. I bought uh, completely unrelated. I bought Apex on the PS4 because it was on sale at GameStop for five dollars, but it was worth ten dollars of Apex points. So it's like that's a good deal. So I bought that, and to my surprise, straight up a disc was in there. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Of what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's actually uh, Blockbusters liquidizing all their stuff. So it's it's like uh, there's a DVD copy of She's the Man. Um, <laughs> that's not, not true. Uh, Apex. And I was like, what's going to happen if I put this in my console? Is my console going to grow an arm, pick up a gun, and shoot me? <laughs> uh, no, it just it said like, oh, do you want to switch over all of your save files so that you you can you can't use the digital version that you only use the disc version? I was like. No, uh, no, I don't want that. That seems like a dumb. Yeah, I was like, no, I do a not want dumb that. thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so anyway, yeah. Uh, what what are your Nintendo sixty four games you want on the Switch? Anything Zelda. I want yeah. the Majora's Mask and uh, Ocarina of Time. I would love to do a replay of those. Um, but I, I mean, I guess the need to have like Super Mario sixty four would be on gone. There. But like, you know, your your Golden Eyes, your um, Mario Kart, a lot of the like the classic ones, I think would be great. Yeah. Um, bring back Diddy Kong Racing. Come on, that's a that's another <laughs> good one. And my favorite game. Have you ever played Glover before? Glover. It, you basically you play a glove, obviously, that walks around like a human, and you have to like uh, escort these diamonds yes, around yes, the map. Yes, I know this game. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, and you can like turn the diamond into different balls, like bouncy balls, hard balls, heavy balls, spiky balls, weapon balls, or the very uh, the very weak crystal diamond that it is. Sure. So, um, you know, bring that game back. I I had it. That's one of the games that. Um, before I understood like video game reviews were a thing and you could like see how good a game is before mm-hmm. you bought it that I bought that I never beat because it was just not a good game. Yeah. Sorry, Glover. Sorry, Glover fans out there, but <laughs> you, you, the, the Glover heads are going to be <laughs> in our mentions. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the, I, I, because I grew up with a GameCube, like that was my first console. Uh, I don't really have like a whole lot of memories of the N64 until afterwards because my sister ended up getting one and, and, you know, she played through all of like Pokemon Snap and, and, uh, you know, all those, all the games and, and whatever else. Um, there, I'm sure there, there was a Star Wars game on there. I think that was quite good. Squadron or, uh, one of the, one of the squadrons. Something game. like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't really tell you. Like, I wouldn't have a list of, like, N64 games that I would want ported over, I think, just because I don't really know that many. Yeah, you'll, 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 yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll, I, I think if they're not careful and they just release them, like, on the online thing, like they did with the other ones, no one's going to care. Because I, I really don't think that many people talk about or care about the uh, no. Nintendo Switch online library, which is awesome that they have, and they have plenty of good games on there i mean the last thing you played on there was donkey kong uh to diddy kong's quest right that is that is correct right so i, I don't know how much of a a draw that is but uh, n64 good times good memories of my childhood yeah people are saying they're gonna do the same thing with like game boy games um are those the original one like original game boy or like is that like game boy advance do we know game boy color uh, stuff? i thought it was game boy and game boy color yeah so okay. the the idea that we could play um, Pokemon on there. Like, if they could have the original Pokemon, you could do your Nuzlocke run. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, if uh, Pokemon Stadium, I forget if it was Stadium 1, 2, or Pokemon Coliseum or whatever one it was, they had the little thing that you could put your Game Boy cartridge into the game, uh, and you could play Pokemon on your N64. Oh, okay. That's kind of fun. And the cool thing was that you could play it at, like, quicker speed. Mm-hmm. 
So like you could like move it faster and half of the thing with that game is just it like if it's slow. Yeah. <laughs> so by making your movement speed and the tech speed go by much quicker, it was just like a better way to play that game. Hmm. Um, and it was pretty cool. But I have since lost my uh, Game Boy cassette thing. Oh, the, like the my, reader? My adapter. Yeah. 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 yeah I, uh, sad. I, there is a, I believe, a Pikachu Game Boy Color in this house somewhere. Buried Ooh. somewhere. I have one of those, too. That but was mine. I, it's my sister's, and I don't think she would mind if I took She might actually mind if I took that. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> anyway. Oh, what's up? I was going to say, I can buy uh, the N64 transfer pack for $20 right now on eBay. Justin, one of these days we're just going to do an eBay-only exclusive episode because, let's see, Pikachu Game Boy. Okay, there's a Game Boy Color that has Pikachu, Togepi, and Jigglypuff on it. Not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the... Oh, here it is. Actually, that's not bad. $80 for a tested special edition at Silver. That's pretty cool. Oh, the gold and silver edition, yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, $61 for... Well, that seventy, that $80 would buy it now. Uh, 60 is is for uh, on auction. There's like a Game Boy Advance SP that's got uh, a little Pikachu face on it. Oh. You can buy... Ooh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> Someone made a backlit Game Boy color that's uh, the Pikachu stuff. These are actually not that expensive. I mean, they are expensive, but like not as expensive as... Um, you would think. Yeah. I'm on Amazon right now. This is, uh, I like how the podcast is, is, is <laughs> digressing to us searching for used things online. Yeah. But I got, for, you can buy Pokemon Emerald, Ruby, Sapphire, Fire, Red, Leaf, Green. Um, so five Game Boy Advance Pokemon games for $22. $22. That's actually not bad. Hold on. Amazon. Yeah. Drop that link. Is that all you know, used? I'm dropping, I'll, I'm dropping that. I don't know if it's used or not, but Let's I'm see. assuming it would Let's be. See. This is good audio, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> all of them. Five-piece Pokemon. Do they work? Reproduction game cards. So I guess so. In stock, comparable, yeah. High-quality cards. The extensive testing before shipping to ensure product wow. quality and wow. card stability. It's not official. So these are, yeah, these are reproduction ones. Mm. But, like, that's mm. actually not... So this is, like, hey, mega illegal. Um... <laughs> So, but, I mean, hey, if so, it's on Amazon. I'll say this. This is all prank. But um, <laughs> let's see what, what sort of reviews are we getting here. A few three stars. Oh, dear. Some of them were missing. Oh, well, I mean, even if I get two of those five, that's not it's, a bad deal. It's not a bad deal at all. Just got to find my game. I'm actually, I didn't know there was this whole market for these re cartridges. Yeah, like redone. Probably like have to change the battery. Yeah, something like that. Okay, and uh, you can get Justin for $55. So, like, double what we had here. You can get seven games. You can get Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Red, Blue, uh, Diamond, Crystal. No, wait. Crystal. Yeah, Diamond is a different one. Sorry. You can get Yellow, Red, Blue, uh, Silver, Gold, and Crystal, as well as green version which was the uh, japanese exclusive one Ooh, because they did i think red Looky and here. green in the original and then obviously they made fire red and leaf green later um all right justin i'm gonna call it this is audio poison um 
<laughs> we can't we can't just keep looking things up. But hey, if you're interested in in those, you can find them on different resale websites. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks so much for listening to us. We truly do appreciate your time uh, and your ears. I could have said that better, but I didn't. Sorry. Uh, if you're interested. Uh, you're probably listening to this on Spotify or iTunes. You can follow us on either of those platforms. If you're on iTunes or like Apple Podcasts, I mean, uh, leave us a review. That would be really, really cool of you. Uh, you could also share this with a friend. That means a lot. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at HitboxPod. Or you can send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. We would love to know what you think about any of the things we talked about, whether that's uh, Quantic Dreams, potential Star Wars game, um, is it Quantum Dream or Quantic Dream? Have I been saying that wrong the whole episode? Um, I believe the correct answer is Quantic, Quantic. Dream. Yeah. So I, if I said it wrong before, it was a prank. Um, so <laughs> let, JK. Let you us know about us. all you that. You won the contest. Uh, let us know what you think about the Switch and, and what might be in store for it, or if you have any thoughts about Toem, Life is Strange, True Colors, Skatebird, and or Deathloop. We would love to hear about them. They are just in... Am I missing anything? Do you have anything to add here at the, at the end? Just remember, uh, life is like trying to imprint yourself on a flowing river. Is that what you said? That's what I was trying to... I think I said, life is strange. They're doing a LARP in this one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I always remember old games are old. We'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>